Sunday, October 8, 2023. Israel is at war, but this is unlike anything we have seen or experienced previously. The scope and brutality of the Hamas attack on Israeli civilians in the early morning hours of Saturday, October 7th, was surreal. We have now had a day or so to process the incomprehensible barbarism. I just can't. Who can? And there are so many questions. Where was the military? What happened to Israel's storied intelligence capabilities? Where is the government? What is going on? In this special podcast, which will kick off a new wartime series, sadly, we are speaking today with military expert, author, and former editor of the Jerusalem Post newspaper, Yaakov Katz, who gets into it all. The hostages, the morale in Israel, the Hamas videos of unspeakable cruelty to babies, toddlers, the elderly, women. We are going to do our best to bring you very frequent updates throughout this crisis, which is not ending anytime soon. Going forward, these special podcasts will be available to paying subscribers only. Please consider supporting us with a subscription through this challenging period. We will deliver immediate, sharp reports, no ads, and deal with the issues you really want to hear about. I'm Vivian Berkovich, former Canadian ambassador to Israel, now living in the state of Tel Aviv. Stay with us. It's uh, Sunday afternoon in Israel. Good afternoon, Yaakov Katz. How are you today? What a question. It's a tough question, but that's how we start all conversations. Personally, okay. Nationally, terrible. I was thinking about how I've been living in Israel now for 30 years, and never would I ever have imagined that I would see the images that we saw yesterday. Horrific. And, and in contrast to what official policy has been of the government not to send out. I think everyone needs to see this stuff. I think everybody needs to see as bad as it is, and it's terrible. And of course, we don't want our kids to see it, but people need to see what Hamas is doing to Jews in the land of Israel, how they are abusing bodies, how they are taking hostage elderly women, men, children, babies, murdering people in bomb shelters. Uh, This is just, it's inhumane. These are animals. This is just beyond the pale savagery. And I agree with you. I think we need to see this. The world needs to be shocked. But of course, the mood in Israel, I'm not there. My daughter is. Of course, I'm very closely in touch with many friends and family. Give me your two minutes on what's going on. I'm hearing it's quiet. It's eerie. It's quiet and eerie. The government's not talking much, which has its advantages and disadvantages. Advantage being this government, I don't know that we want them to talk so much. Disadvantage being People need to know something. They need to cling to some hope or some belief that there's somebody in charge. And when you don't hear somebody and you don't see a plan, that doesn't give you a sense of confidence. I want to split what's happening into three. The first is what happened yesterday, which is still playing out at a smaller scale. There's still infiltrations. There are still gunfights down south. There are still Hamas terrorists who have infiltrated. Vivian, a thousand of these guys came in. The first part is how the hell did all this happen? There were three primary failures yesterday. Failure number one, where was the intelligence that was supposed to give us the warning that they were planning something? Okay, we failed, totally failed. Okay, your second 
line of defense, though, is that border, is that fence, are the soldiers, are the cameras, the drones, whatever, completely failed, collapsed. Your third line of defense is the army, the police that are supposed to flood the scene and stop these bad guys, get to every place. That took hours, right? The fact that Kibbutz Be'eri was only freed overnight in the middle of the night or early this morning is, it, how did this happen? How for almost 24 hours did these Hamas guys hold on to uh, a, a dining hall in an Israeli town? That's piece one. That has people in shock and we do not know the answers to this. And there will have to be a reckoning. That's not right now. Yeah, that's down the road. Piece number two is, okay, once we sterilize the area, right? What happens next? So they, in other words, sterilize, clean out the terrorists from within Israel. We're amassing these soldiers on the border with Gaza. We've called up reserves to the north. That's where my brother is right now on the border with Lebanon. What is the, what's the plan? Okay. Now we, we all have this feeling that Israel has to do something big, has to go in. This cannot just be an aerial assault. We need to see ground troops entering Gaza. So then comes piece three. And piece three is the whole world is, has our back today. Amazing legitimacy. Everybody's lighting up some statue somewhere in the world with the with blue and white. Beautiful, heartwarming. Okay, yeah. that lasts a couple of days. The moment you're in Gaza and you're going door to door and kicking those doors in and we're going to pay a price and they're going to pay a bigger price. The world will not stand with us. So then what's the end game? What's the strategy? Where are we going with this? And that's where I take us back to where we started. We're not hearing anything. No one's telling us anything. Yeah, it's very distressing. And I'm speaking to lots of people who are like you, very smart, very well connected. And this is like, where are you, everybody? Let me ask you, because our listeners will know that you are um, a military expert and you've written a number of books. And I commend all of Yako's books to you. He's absolutely brilliant. What I really want to get into with you is the psyops aspect of this, the psychological warfare aspect. But all of these videos that they're taking of torturing young children, old women, beating women, on the streets, the impact of these horrific videos, how do you assess it in the moment and how do you assess it in the bigger picture in terms of the impact on Israeli morale? Vivian, these are images that, it, that, that the establishment of the state of Israel was supposed to prevent, right? Let, let's remember, people are making the comparison to pictures of the Holocaust or pogroms. I personally have an issue with those comparisons because there, there is no Holocaust today. We have the state of Israel, right? They can't eradicate us. They can't exterminate us. When you see these images of women being bodies being dragged in the back of a jeep or, or a mother holding two babies, the red haired oh, babies. But that was just just it, it, it breaks your heart. Or that family in Kibbutz Beiri where the children are crying to their mother, is he going to kill us? Israel was supposed to prevent this from ever happening. So it shatters the raison d'etre or, or this myth of why we exist as a nation state. And I think many Israelis are walking around with that feeling today since yesterday of what happened to us. So th those images, while important for us to spread for the world to see, they're ripping us apart inside and in our kishkas. With that said, what they also do, and I think Hamas overplayed its hand here, and that time will tell, but look at the coming together of Israel. And this is the real resilience. Look at reservists. You look at those streets, you, every base, and you have cars lined up over 100% of attendance to reserves units. There, there's a feeling in the air that the country is on the line. Yes, absolutely. Everyone feels vulnerable. And we're all sitting here holding our breath, hoping that Hezbollah, of course, does not engage in any significant way. 
Remember how people used to talk about the Entebbe raid, like this brilliant, daring bull. I feel like this is 500 Entebbe's at once. And then there's these multiple locations and the complexity and driving in Jeeps, driving Israelis over the border into Gaza. In golf carts. Right? In golf. Yeah, in <laughs> golf. They, they stole golf carts from the kibbutz, put this old woman and drove that. Look, something terrible happened yesterday. We still don't know how, why, what allowed that to happen. But now we do have to put things into perspective. It's it's horrific what's happened. This is a disaster of, of unprecedented scale. With that said, Hamas is a small-time terrorist organization with significant capabilities. They've killed a lot of people, but they are not an existential threat to the state of Israel. What makes the existential threat right now, in my opinion, is how we respond right now. If we do not respond with force, if we do not, for example, send troops on the ground into Gaza with all the price that will come with, we will be broadcasting to every other enemy that is watching us today that we are weak, we are divided, and we can be taken advantage of. For okay. that reason alone, Israel has to respond in a way that it has never responded before to Palestinian terrorism. Okay, so here we are more than 24 hours, almost 36 hours after this catastrophe began. And we've heard some kind of canned comments from Bibi about, oh yeah, we're at war and we're gonna, you're going to pay. Okay, great. And nothing since. What the hell is going on? Where are they? I think there's two things that are happening, right? Okay. First of all, let's remember, they've called up tens of thousands, if not more, hundreds of thousands of reservists. Takes time to enlist, yes. get them just do quick training on the M16 that they're getting again, just get it focused in the sights, everything, get the gear and be ready for combat in Gaza, be ready to switch standing military units and other places so those units can go to Gaza. That takes a day or two. Second thing is there are still terrorists inside Israel proper. We have to get rid of those guys, right? And that's something that we're still seeing being played out in the South. They have to finish that up and get rid of all these guys, kill them all, capture them all, and say, okay, inside Israel now, we, we are good. That's taking a little time. The second way to look at it, and maybe, and again, this is just a hypothesis, I don't know, but it might, maybe it'll give us, because you and I, we're, we've spoken about this before, we're not fans of this government, to say the least. Agreed. Yes. One thing that gives me a bit of confidence is that they're waiting. They're not shooting from the hip, right? Does it mean that there's some thought being put into this? I, you know, I say that with a bit of a laugh because we know that the, the characters that are in the security cabinet right now, and these are people who, unfortunately, I, I do not have trust in many of them, especially when I have family members whose lives are literally on the line right now. Yeah. But uh, but with that said, the fact that they're waiting, maybe there's some plan that they're considering it. There is that eerie quiet. That's how you described before. And I think it's 100% right. The streets are empty. No one's going outside. School's canceled today, tomorrow already, the next day. So three days this week, no school. People aren't even going to work. We're in war footing, right? And it's coming. Hopefully there is some responsible adult and BB, I don't know. I don't know what to say. No, I think he, the grownups have to get into the room and give his head a good shake and say, move down the table. We're sitting here. We're taking the center chair now. The possibility of national unity government, that should be happening right now. We yeah, so the ben, Bennett went to do his service. He stepped up for Miller Williams. So he's out, of, he's out of play. I'm kidding. The Listen, just before we wrap up, I think that's the only way to go. And I expect that Netanyahu knows it and the pressure he's under. We both know how he doesn't like being under pressure and making quick decisions, but He's going to have everyone, the whole military, the whole intelligence, every institutional interest in Israel down his throat. I always say to people in North America, because they don't really understand how we live, 
I always say we we really have no margin for error. It's razor thin. It's gone. It's true. We, we blew right. through our margin for error a million times over. Before we wrap, Yaakov, and I'm hoping that I can get you back frequently because we know that this is going to be long and painful and horrible. And let me be wrong. Let me be surprised. But let me just ask you very quickly, the hostages, are they expendable? Is Israel going to have to look at that situation and say, we can't have this knife to our throat and get ourselves in a position that we don't defend the country because you barbarians have taken hundreds of innocent civilians hostage? So far, we don't know the exact number. We know it's at least 100. It might be in the hundreds. There's a lot of people missing. A lot of you know, families that have been searching for their children for days now, and they still yeah. can't since this happened yesterday. The, the first and foremost objective is going to be to restore security down south and to degrade Hamas's capabilities. The second, that will include a large assault on Gaza from the air and from the ground. The second priority is going to be to contain Gaza and not have this spread to the north and to Lebanon, because that would be horrific. The hostages come last. Now, that doesn't mean that they're expendable, but it means that in the national priority, and I know this sounds terrible, and if it was my kid, I probably wouldn't be saying this, but I think if we look at it scientifically, this does make sense. I just want to jump in and say expendable may have been a callous choice of word, but we're saying the same thing in terms of like triaging priorities. Hopefully, because people have said to me, but how do we know if you bomb a Hamas target, they're going to put the hostages there. That might happen. But I think that what Israel has to hope for A, they should do everything they can not to hurt them and not to strike at targets where there are hostages. But number two is when this conflict ends, we will have to engage in a very painful prisoner swap. We know how these are manipulative SOBs, the Hamas guys. I was going to use a different word, but we're on air. Oh, you know Uh, what? This is just to the maths time. Yeah. Don't have to be over the they will manipulate, they will take it back. They have women, they have children. They will do everything to rip our souls and our hearts out. And it will be depressing and painful for not weeks, Vivian, months. I know. It could be years. It could be years. Hopefully the government will have the intelligence in the brain, not in the military term, to wrap up whatever swap is needed as quickly as possible to avoid dragging this country through what will be a very painful period. Yaakov, I know how busy you are these days and how torn apart. And like me, I'm sure not sleeping a wink, but thank you so much for being available, for sharing your thoughts. I want to get you back soon. We got to get to all the next layers, including one that I know you are so knowledgeable about, which is the broader geopolitical context in the Middle East and what's going on with Iran and Saudi and the US and Israel and this conflagration that we hope we can all avoid. Stay safe. (laughs) Uh, talk Thanks. to you soon and thank you so much thank be you. well thanks for listening we'll be back with further updates very soon quite possibly tomorrow thanks so much for listening to this episode of the state of tel aviv and beyond podcast if you like what you're hearing please take a moment rate us on apple spotify or wherever you're listening You can check out our full library of articles and podcasts at our website, stateoftelaviv.com. State of Tel Aviv is an independent media venture, and we rely on subscribers to support our work. If you are not yet a paying subscriber, please consider taking the plunge today. Each person really does make a huge difference, especially in these very challenging times in Israel. It is important that you stay informed and current. 
and seek out a range of perspectives. This is a pivotal moment in Israeli history. It is not a time to be passive and disengaged. Thanks for sticking with me to the end. I'm Vivian Berkovich, signing off from deep inside the state of Tel Aviv.